Ready? Did you hit it? Okay. <laughs> awesome. Hello and welcome to the Hereby Called podcast. My name is Jordan and alongside me is my co-host Zach. He gave me a thumbs up. I don't know why his microphone's not on. Uh, we're pleased to have Elder Michael Rush join us. Michael served in the Jamaica mission. Um, what's the full name of the mission? Jamaica Kingston mission. Nice. And Michael is a husband and father and an entrepreneur. He's got a car detailing business on the side. Yep. Good looking dude. The bluest eyes you've ever seen. I'm, I'm sure that's a big I'm sure you, you can, you can see them through the radio or <laughs> <laughs> you can hear how blue his eyes It's are. like, what was that song? Kiss me through the radio. Kiss me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> our mission for the podcast is to share inspiring stories with the world to entertain and educate and motivate everyone who's given us their time. And really our missions for the church of Jesus Christ have forever changed our lives. And so the vision for this podcast is to hopefully share that change with others and uh, be able to help fund and sponsor other missionaries uh, with whatever funds we receive, um, you know, to give others the same life-changing opportunity we we're blessed to have. But to start us off, missions can be weird. You have crazy, unexpected, awkward, cultural clash experiences, and we want to hear about them. We call this the P-Day portion of our podcast, kind of the funnier things that go on. So Michael, is there any funny experiences that come to mind? Um, the, the right, I think it was the first Sunday I was on my mission. I was in a, in a branch in a city called Port Antonio and, uh, we showed up to church and it's like a tiny branch, like 30, 40 members that come to church regularly, like probably more like 20. Um, but this Sunday, apparently there had been like a, like one of those dentist uh, humanitarian things. So there was like, yeah. So there's like a bunch of white families from Utah. Okay. They, they like overwhelmed the, the branch cause there was probably 60 of them. And so we couldn't fit everyone, but that was, that was my first Sunday on the mission. So it was, it was kind of interesting cause I was expecting only to see Jamaicans, you yeah. know, but seeing a bunch of white folks, it was, it was, it was odd. So take us through that. What was, what was it like? What was your experience op opening your mission call? Opening my mission call. I, it was like something that I, I knew I was like, I wanted to go there. As soon as I read it, I wasn't like, where is that? Or, you know, confused. I was just excited. Cause I knew I was, that was somewhere where I wanted to go, you know? It's, and you knew where it was on the map, like you're. I knew it was in the Caribbean. <laughs> I, <laughs> like a lot. Of, I didn't know. Yeah, everybody. Do you, know, you, you have a map in your room? Of course, you knew where Mississippi was. No, dude. Like I didn't know exactly. <laughs> well, where Jackson, I guess. I knew <laughs> general area, but. Yeah, I, I knew where it was. It wasn't like I knew it was in the Caribbean, but that was as far as I knew. I I had people ask me, "Oh, is that in Africa? Is that a? Oh, really? They speak French there?" And it's like, no. They speak English. English, right. <laughs> is it yeah. like English, English, or is it like Creole? They or? speak English, English, okay. like more like British English okay. because it's a British colony, gotcha. but, or it was, it's independent now, but, um, but yeah, they, they, they do have their patois, which is like a broken English. Gotcha. You can barely, you can get a little bit of snippets of English, but they also like learn how to speak normal English. Okay. That's cool. Patois. Patois. Like Is that a cousin of Pad Thai, man? <laughs> <laughs> Patois is like a, it. Patois is the same 
like word as Creole where it's like, it's not a language. It's more yeah. just like in, a slang. In, in Portuguese, yeah. it's called jeito. It's just, it's like the way that they are. That's the way I would describe it. Yeah. There's a certain it's, patois about that guy. Yeah. Know? It's, yeah. It's, it's not just like the way they talk. It's like part the way of they carry part, themselves. part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The way they carry themselves, part of who they are. So speaking of carrying themselves, so you get out the, you get off the airplane and you start, I don't know, your first couple of days. What was, what was the culture like? Like what, what, what was shocking to you about Jamaica? I tried to not go in it with the mindset of, oh, it's all a bunch of Rastafarian dreadlock guys smoking weed all day, every day. Just stereotype. You know, the stereotype or the, oh, Jamaica has a bobsled team. Cool <laughs> Dude, I didn't even think about know. that one. <laughs> Dang it. But, you know, because that's just like the American idea of what Jamaica is. So I tried not to have that mindset, but it was still like a culture shock because it's like, you know, I expected it to be like sandy beaches everywhere, but it's actually a really big island and it's not, it's like half and half sandy beaches. There's a lot of like rocky beaches too. So, and just like the landscape, it's really, there's a lot of rainforest mm -hmm. and just like, it's beautiful rolling hills everywhere. And, but it's, I'm assuming it's very humid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Walk off the plane. It's like, <gasps> I'm not going to be able to breathe for two years, yeah, yeah. but it, you get used to it. All of us served in humid, humid environments. Yeah. Rio de Janeiro, Mississippi, Jamaica. It would be like 95 degrees with 98% humidity right after it rains. Oh, and it's terrible. The, but was there no air conditioning either? Is that not? No. Oh some, some missionaries <laughs> apartments got lucky and they got like Usually the zone leaders are stupid assistants or something. <laughs> I hated those guys. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they had like this, like the crappy little like central AC, like oh, the, yeah, yeah. like the ones that you hang the up. window. Yeah. Yeah. I remember but, one of my areas, I got a fan and I was like a ceiling fan and I was like made. I hadn't seen a ceiling fan for two years. They, <laughs> yeah. we, they, they I gave us, <laughs> they gave us each for our beds, like one of those, those, uh, os oscillating, oscillating yeah. fans uh -huh. that would like keep the mosquitoes off of you, but otherwise it didn't really help. Did you, did you have issues with mosquitoes or I never, I, I got bit sometimes, but I didn't get, you like, didn't get dengue fever. No. Oh, so no, I, I, I didn't, twice. I never did. I knew a lot of missionaries that did, but it, it, it cause there was a huge outbreak of it when I was there. Um, but it, it didn't, I never got it. So. I got it twice. Nice. Oh, <laughs> in the same house it was oh, horrible that's nasty I, my knowledge they get it it's like mosquitoes that breed in the sewer so it's just filthy anyways. Oh, that's lovely <laughs> yeah that's, that's disgusting yeah. <laughs> yeah um so you said Jamaica's a big island how like end to end if you were in a car how long do you think it would take to travel um or I'm it's, sure it's only it's well it feels bigger than it than it is um it's, I think it's like 90 miles wide and 50 miles north to south. So it's like a football shape. Uh -huh. Um, but it, it, uh, yeah, it, if you drove from one end to the other, the long, long wise, it would probably take four or five hours because the roads are so windy and you have to go, you know, yeah. through That's still mountains good size. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good size mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my mission also covered other Caribbean islands. So is it just one mission in Jamaica or is it? Jam it the mission's called Jamaica Kingston mission, but also covered, uh, Grand Cayman islands, Bahamas, um, wow. Turks and Caicos, technically Cuba, but there, there wasn't missionaries on foot there. That's crazy. Yeah. So were you always on the mainland? Yeah. Yeah. 
I almost had an opportunity to go to Turks and Caicos, but it, my sister just went on a cruise. Oh, and yeah. Stopped in Turks and Caicos. Yeah, really? <laughs> those are those are like <laughs> yeah. ti- those are tiny islands. Like those. Yeah, know, it's, it's like a just a chain. Yeah, it it's mostly like it's mostly uh, Haitians that live there too. So, so you don't missionaries kind of learn Creole or, uh, what's that Haitian Creole? Yeah. 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 Um, but they didn't, it's not like you have to learn it because they either speak English or they have a translator if they really need it. But it's not like, yeah, like here where there's Spanish speaking missionaries. Yeah. But so you're in Jamaica. What what foods were new to you, or were there any like meals that you just loved or hated? Or I pretty much loved all the food, um, except for the because there's you know the famous jerk chicken and rice and peas. Even it's their kidney beans, but they call them peas. Um, and you know like a curry. They ate a lot of curry there. Oh really? Curry, curry goat. Mostly I was about to say, chicken. I bet you had a lot of goat, huh? Goats. Mm, goat was probably the one meat I couldn't eat very much. I had it a couple times. One time it gave me food poisoning and ugh, it tastes like the way a the goat, way smells. goat smells. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's no, pretty gross. Really? Oh my. They have the to cook with, it right. See, I like goat milk, but uh-huh. it's the same thing. It kind of, it tastes gamey. Yeah. And then I've had goat cheese and it literally just smells like you're eating a goat yeah. <laughs> like the way they smell so yeah. i've never had goat meat but i i've that's like a fancy that's like what they would have for like the holidays they would they would eat goat sometimes they'd have pork and we tried to avoid that like the plague because it was they'd have they'd leave the skin on it with little hairs and Ooh, it was yikes. nasty extra flavor we usually if we got that the few times we did we just chuck it to the dogs outside because there's always stray dogs out and about stray dogs so they're they're so is it goat I mean, there's got to be one food that you just kind of like every time I remember curry mutt. No, not curry mutton. Um, what am I trying to think of? Uh, goat head soup. Oh yeah. <laughs> Literally a goat. They would grind the head up without the, fur. the horn or yeah. They would like, you'd find like chunks of the teeth or the skull oh, or like an up. eyeball. Like they like put it in a big old That's meat processor. Bone broth. Like crunch it up. Like roughly like yeah <laughs> more, yeah more, more like with the hammer i don't think they've i don't think people that actually cooked it and like ate it physically did that they would probably buy it from the oh, a market okay. that did it but yeah i could see how that it was would yeah. be mentally tough to stomach that was pretty gross that and uh chicken foot soup chicken feet's like it doesn't taste bad it just is like trying to eat a toothpick with fat wrapped around it so it's like just uncomfortable like to eat, but it, it tasted fine. A lot Usually, of work. Yeah. It just depends. I mean, even goat head soup, it was like, if they cooked it right, you, you, it was fine. But every once in a while, they would just and skip a step that, or something. That, that was probably the weirdest thing you ate or anything else. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. It was yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. So I've got to ask you the question of, did you require an emergency load of laundry afterwards? After, after what the, the, the goat head soup? Or? No. Well, because it seems like ninety percent of people, not, not even like ninety nine percent, if you serve a mission outside the U.S., you will at one point have to. Yeah. Take what he's saying is, have you ever pooped your pants? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially in a third world country where it's like I don't really want to ask somebody to use their bathroom because they probably don't have a toilet, you know, or toilet paper. So, but there's only one time I didn't quite poop my pants. I almost did though. 
Uh, we were at a, at a lesson. I was like, I, we're not even done. And I was, we were teaching. I looked at my companion and I'm like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <Been there again. laughs> Can we just say a prayer? He's like, he's like, Can, we, we got to go. Can we say a prayer and head out? And so we, we have finished and we, I run and we try to catch a ta- taxi. Cause I, there wasn't, they don't have like public bathrooms. Like, I guess they might've, but the area I was serving in was a really small, small town, small like village. Um, and so there wasn't like, like a Burger King or something I could stop at. It was just, you know, mostly forest. And so I, we just ran, got, got to the, <laughs> the nearest like paved road and flagged down a taxi. And he took us as far as, as he wanted to basically. And so I were able to be like off the road. So I, and he didn't take us quite back to our apartment yet, but we, <laughs> we, I, we got out of the car. I ran up the hill and dropped trowel and some, and some trees. <laughs> I was mostly off the road. You're mostly off the road. He's like <laughs> but four feet off the road. <laughs> Hola, Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find me? <laughs> but so I went and I didn't think about using my sock or anything. So I just pulled my pants up and oh, there had you been. You got to do the sock, man. I know. So yeah, if you do, if you're going to poop in the wilderness, use your sock. Don't just, don't just tough it out. Cause then you'll have to throw those hey, under valuable life lessons. Here. No, right. Yeah. I have a picture of me and my mission and it's at the very end of the day and I'm pointing to, I have one oh. pant leg rolled up <laughs> and my companion and I are pointing at my, your my sockless yeah. leg. Yeah. And my wife was like, what's this photo all about? And I was like, yeah, I, I had to do it twice. So I ripped the top half off first, oh my made it an ankle sock. And then later in the day, that ankle sock had to be sacrificed. So yeah, you got it. You got to use the sock. That's a rough. Yeah. <laughs> one time I tried to use, I was just at a toilet that didn't have toilet paper and I was like, crap. So I Literally. used, I used like, I think it was like a, a couple pages of my notebook, my, the planner, the paper planner that they yeah. used to You're give like us. I don't know if they do up. them anymore. Did yeah. I crumple them up, I crumple yeah. it up and try <laughs> yeah, to make, make it, it soft, soft. Yeah. make it soft yeah. as possible. And, but yeah, that didn't work out either. But, but yeah, the, yeah, I pooped in the, in, you know, in some trees and this, and the, the, the taxi driver actually saw me. And he's just laughing. <laughs> white, he white boy pooping all over Jamaica. It was, it was just the things. It was funny. But this is a dumb just question. At you us. said it was kind of in in the woods or the forest or whatever. There, yeah. There are. Do they? Does Jamaica have like monkeys or like? No, they don't really have much wild. They have a lot of like birds and hummingbirds and stuff. But they used to have like a lot of snakes. But the British brought a, mon- a mongoose over and they ate all the snakes. So there's like rodents she's like some ground some groundhogs i guess you could call them ground yeah. and mongoose and uh, like yeah. I, i've thought about that randomly recently all those little islands it's like what would even be there other than birds like how would a monkey get there yeah <laughs> no they even had like about a, that for a little bit they even had like Pirates a little tiny yeah true you know they just stow it on a boat they even had like this little tiny island like nobody lived on it was more just like oh look at that that they call that monkey Island, but there's no monkeys on it. Hmm. Uh, so, so this is a question I, before pirates of the Caribbean came out, I always called it Caribbean. Is there a correct or is it Caribbean? Is Caribbean. Nice. I've been saying it right the whole time. I think I had to talk to some of my Jamaican friends and make sure, but I'm pretty sure that Caribbean. That's can you talk Car- the way Caribbean? They, can no, you, I can't, you can't with their I'm accent. Too white. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wanted well, I, I wanted to be polite before I start whipping it out, but I know like specific words, like at least some words that you can like slang, maybe. Yeah, it's like they just m- mash up words to make one more simple word. Like, I'll say uh, "wagwan." It's what's going on? Oh, I definitely did not get what's yeah. going on. Out of that. <laughs> so it, that's just the whole patois thing is just mashing up words. Interesting. Did did you ever like have a hard time? I I mean, you had said sometimes some people were hard to understand. Was there in the in the beginning where you kind of yeah, like the first couple of months? I had like my companion told me he's like, don't just not listen. Try to listen and, and don't you'll nod. Eventually, yeah, at everything. Yeah, exactly. Say. Yeah, don't do that and just like try to li- actually listen and try to understand because you'll understand. You know, and you know, a couple weeks in month in, I was able to understand pretty much everything they said, but were you understood? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They would th- like Americans. You don't realize how like, like man, that it sounds like main to them. Like, so they would always be like, Hey, what's up, man? Whereas there <laughs> they would say mon, you know, mon. Oh yeah. M A U N or M A W N. Like M O N. Yeah. They like they're, they, pronounce their vowels different than Americans. That's the uh, most places do differently too. So. Yeah. So kind of transitioning, what did you love most about Jamaicans? Um, just like there's some could say it's like laziness, but it's more just like the caring about like the simple things. Yeah. Laid back, laid back and not stressed out and, I mean, obviously it's, that's what Jamaica is known for, but it's, it's the island life is more relaxed. People aren't angry all the time. And so there's, there's like this, even the big, the bigger towns, it still feels like a small town because you like, you see the same people all the time. Not so much. The whole island is like, it feels like a small town. And so, which reminds me of another P-Day story, I guess. Is that what you call it? P- uh, yeah. Dude, but, let's hear it. Um, well, intermission P-Day story. <laughs> but Elder Rush. There, and, and pretty much every town, there's like a, there's like a few like crazy homeless people, not just like homeless, like begging you for money, but they like, will be like throwing rocks and like just manic, you know, yeah, crazy, Brazil too. crazy people. And they, cause they're either drunk or they were high off something, not just weed, but something. Um, they, you know, just had really bad mental Ill, mental mental illness that they can't really treat there or they don't treat as often. Um, so, but there's this one guy, I forget his name, but he, he would come to church pretty regularly and the church in Jamaica always attracted the weirdest people. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, he came to church one week and he was in relief society. I don't know why he was in relief society or why we let him be in there, but it, it was a bigger branch. So there's probably 50 or 60 members. Um, and he started like yelling at a sister, like just going and like getting on her, you know, just like threatening her and stuff. So they, so they tried to get him out. And, uh, we had an investigator there too. He was, he was progressing. He was going to get baptized no, no matter what. Um, but, he, uh, we help, we like the elders quorum president, like grabs him, get, puts him in a chokehold and like drags him out. 
And he's like, cause he's pissed. He, he's like tired of this guy. Cause he'd always come to church and always do like they, stupid they, things. They knew him well. They knew him. Yeah. And so he was just mad. So he's, he was like taking shots at him because he was just, he, he was done, you know, dealing with this guy and at, he didn't come to church after ever again. He probably died or something, but, um, but they, oh, the end. They called. They called. They called the cops. This, this supposed to inspire people. Man. <laughs> they called the cops, and uh, <laughs> this is the funny part. He was outside. It, he was trying to get back in, but our investigator opened the closet and found a rope, <laughs> and they tied him to a, a light pole. <laughs> Wow. It waited oh, for man. the cops to show up. I don't know if it's really funny. It was, it was a funny after it happened. We're like, cause you're like, what the heck? We're like, what like, the don't heck? Never believe what well, our investigator was like this yeah. 70 year old Rasta man. So he was, he was, he was a cool dude, but, um, he, he just was like, Hey, tie him up with this. We're like, what the heck? Where did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy on, um, but yeah. what is it? A uh, water boy. Who's like always ready to riot. He has like a pitchfork. <laughs> Where did you get that? Where did yeah. you get that? Have you been holding that the whole time? <laughs> yeah. No, that's the kind of crazy stuff that happened all the time in Jamaica. So if there's anyone listening that's got a mission called to Jamaica, you'll be okay. Be prepared. You'll be okay. Just, <laughs> just don't do anything stupid. No. Yeah. You'll, you'll be okay. There's definitely some crazy experiences that you have that you, you'll tell people and like, they never believe in like it happened. Like yeah. whether, whether you believe it or not, I was there, he was there. Companion was there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, your investigator was Rastafarian. Tell us what that is, because is it a, is it, is it a religion or a way of life or what? You know, it's more just like saying you're Buddhist or Hindu. It's not really a religion. It's like a, uh, for lack of a better term, a spiritual, spirituality, like, like a way of life. Mm -hmm. There were some like, like, organizations that like would meet in a building like a church, but they didn't have like a, they don't have like a set doctrine. And there was like a lot of different beliefs among Rastafarianism. Um, the common, the common like thing that brings them together is they believe that there was a emperor and, and, uh, what's the, what's the African country? It's good. The, the Rastafarian colors are the Ethiopia. Yeah. That's the, this Ethiopian flag colors is the Rasta, what everyone thinks is the Rasta colors. Um, the, this emperor was like the resurrected Jesus or, you know, the, the reincarnated Jesus. Um, so they worshiped him. Is it kind of like a, like a, a karma belief, like do good, treat other th things good. Like there's no real doctrine or anything to it. Is mm, there? Yeah. More. Yeah. They don't really, there's no doctrine. Um, I don't really know much about it as far as like what they taught you about being a person morality wise. I don't think they really taught, they really believed in anything like that. They kind of just, you know, believed in this, believed in this reincarnated Jesus or, you know, they, they're, they basically tried to, cause it, it was actually started in Jamaica. It wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with Africa. It was, mm. I mean, they believe that the, the Africa is like the motherland that they're trying to get back there. But, um, but they, it was, it's more just like, what was I, what was I trying to think? But, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but just kind of a, like a way of life. Yeah. 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 So what, oh, that's, I was going to say, oh, they, they, they believe like Samson was a Nazarite. Yeah. Where he, no razor shall yeah. touch thy face or head or whatever. That's, that's the, that's what they're, 
their like oath was. So they, you know, there, there was like really uh, old Rasta men and their dreadlocks would be like to the ground. Like they would be dragging by. Oh, them. that makes sense. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. And there was actually, a, I live, I served, not I lived, I served in Rio and there's a lot of Rasta yeah. influence. There's a lot of mm-hmm. African influence in, in Rio de Janeiro, but same right. thing. I'd see old dudes with dreads all the way down and I'm like, just, just cut them, man. No. Yeah. It's like their, it's like their, their like covenant. Spiritual commitment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What, uh, so like religion wise, were most people Christian or Rasta or what? Most people what, were what, Christian. What denomination they, is it kind of? Church of God, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness. The major black churches are like the most prominent in Jamaica. It's just like most of the world, especially yeah. probably the same thing in Brazil. Uh, there was one street in my first area Literally, if you stood on one end, you could see six different churches. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all like on the same street and all on the same side. Was LDS church right. there as well? No, no, it was further. Because we had a street like that and the LDS church. Was <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just weird because it's the same thing. Like you have the big churches. Was it like this in Jamaica? Like, so obviously you have the, you know, the bigger churches, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, stuff like that. But then there was always like these random little uh, they would call them assemblage deals or just, just random loot. Like anybody would get together and just make, there was a church of Philadelphia that I saw, like they pull some scripture out. Was there a lot of little churches like that too? Yeah. There's tons of churches. There's like church of God, church of God of prophecy, church of God of the Holy ghost. Yeah, church, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And there's like, I guess a lot of them probably were called that, but I think a lot of them were Pentecostal or, Oh, okay. They were like the same, same, uh, denomination, but the, the pastor probably yeah, taught they something just, a little they bit different. They liked that guy a little bit different than yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. All, it's all a business. It, it's, it, the people that weren't religious were like super anti-religious in Jamaica. They, they, it's not that they were like atheist or agnostic or anything, but they were just like, why would I pay, why would I give that guy my money? I, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's probably of the devil for all I know. Yeah. So it's teaching people as far as like, getting them out of their church was pretty much impossible if they were like a devout, mm-hmm. uh, Pentecostal or something, but it, the te- teaching people was still productive, obviously, but, um, yeah. So tell us, tell us more about your mission. What, um, how was your mission different than what you were expecting? And I guess we're looking for more like your personal you know, growth and experiences. Yeah. Personally, I didn't, I always heard about, oh, we're going to teach this person the lessons, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I was always taught that, like, even though there were, there, there's like memorized lessons, you're also supposed to teach by the spirit and, you know, teach towards their concerns as, as an investigator. Um, and, you know, be able to be able to interpret what they, what they need, even if they're not telling you exactly what they, what they need or what they're looking for. Um, but that, that was something that was the most eye opening was just like going in with one plan. Cause, or you're like, Oh, I got the best, best lesson planned. We're, we're going to, we're going to kill it. Or this, this person's going to get baptized next Sunday. But then like you'd show up and you just, you felt like you needed to teach something totally different. Yeah. And, and it was a way better experience for that. Yeah. It's funny how, I don't know, talking to your parents or, or my dad who served it, you know, there's, and MTC, they practice like Mr. Brown or Brother Brown or whatever in those lessons, but Preach My Gospel has definitely changed, you know, more yeah, do reactive. They, do they even use, this is part of my ignorance, do they use Preach My Gospel still? 
Yeah. Okay. I think um, I'll have to ask. I you. think so. Cause when I got called to be mission, pre- not mission president, you're a war <laughs> mission leader currently, right? <laughs> yeah. Currently they, the missionary said, I knew what they were talking about. Cause I'd read the, yeah, okay. I'd read preach my gospel 50 freaking times, but, <laughs> um, but they're like, Oh, it's chapter eight was what the mission ward mission leader supposed to do. So they still use it. Gotcha. And that was like not even a year ago. So, yeah, it's it, like you were saying, it's interesting. I guess I got, I got a real quick question. So I guess it comes down to, again, culture with obviously they were pretty, they were pretty spiritual, right? Like the people you were, the, the, the investigators you would find, would they progress? I don't want to say rapidly or would it, would it take them, you know, five, six, seven, eight, um, or weeks or it's probably the same everywhere, but there was a lot of people that were ready rapidly. They could be baptized after coming to church twice, uh-huh. but, um, you know, they didn't have, they weren't like, they didn't have any issues that they needed to resolve, but, um, but there was a lot of people in between we would teach and drop a lot of people, a lot of people we would teach and drop at the same, you know, the first lesson was, yeah, a, yeah. Drop, was a drop lesson. Cause we're like, obviously this is not going to go anywhere. Um, so it, but for the most part, they were pretty ex- accepting, right? They, yeah, they knew who you oh, were yeah, too, for sure. right? Like um, the church, how long had the, the church has been there for church a while. has been there for a long time. Um, the church has, uh, Jamaica is a different place because it's, it's a 98, 9% black country. So there's like in the seventies when they, when the, 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 uh, proclamation came, not proclamation. What's it called? The, I don't know, revelation, (laughs) the revelation, right. Where the blacks could get the priesthood. Um, and honestly that people were like, Oh, you know, most people that are upset about that are white people. Jamaicans didn't care. They're like, I'm just glad I can baptize my family. You know, that's cool. (laughs) Um, but, uh, as far as teaching people that, you know, like the prepared people, if they were prepared, they were prepared. There's, and it's not like most baptisms I had on my mission were referrals, part member families, or, you know, Uh, so the church, the church there is, the church there is saying, it's established. Yeah, yeah, it's established. They just organized their first stake like six months after I left. Um, and so they're, they're growing and yeah, people, first people stake. know. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. It took a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. But it was, it's, it was a long time needed for sure. Cause not, you know, now they can have high priests and stuff and they can actually like do more church, you know, priesthood authority wise without relying just on the mission president. Right. Cause he's the area authority yeah. over all the districts. He's basically the stake president. Man, that's a lot of, a lot yeah, of before they had a stake with a, he's a stake president with a bunch of kids right. that he has to take care of. <laughs> exactly. <too>. Exactly. <laughs> how, how big was your mission? Was it, was it pretty big? Like how many missionaries? How many missionaries? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know how much there is now. When I first started, there was like 60. And really? Then, and then when I was leaving, there was probably 120, 130. Really? So it doubled. That is nuts. Yeah. There was tiny. My first zone was like four missionaries. You know, wow. it, was, it was six missionaries, including the zone leaders. So how, how was that coming from like the MTC where you're like, you know, Honestly, one of 100 I, million and then you, <laughs> you go to this <laughs> island and there's 60 of really you. I didn't really think too much about like the missionary organization aspect of it, like zone leaders, districts, yeah. that kind of, that stuff was that honestly, in my opinion, that's like babysitting crap. You don't really, 
they don't really need that. They just need that to keep some missionaries accountable. But, um, but yeah, it was a, it's a tiny, it was a tiny mission. It's probably a lot bigger now, but that's probably a tight knit group though among. Yeah. We were all, we're all really close. I was going to say, you probably would know everybody. Yeah. We knew, we knew all, all the other missionaries towards the end. It was like, okay, I haven't seen you and you've been out for a year. Who the heck are you? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, Pardon, part of my ignorance was there visa it's pretty easy to get a visa do you need a visa yeah you need a visa the Did reason why i ask is my mission when i started had like 200 and then brazil ah uh, maybe not 200 had a lot and then because of the olympics and the world cup they started being really Lowering stringent up. on visas and my mission went down to like 80 60 we could fit in the first like five rows of a sacrament yeah so it was like were there any issues with that or is it just like, it was just, it that's was all they a, needed. It, honestly, it was a, it was more of just the Jamaica Kingston mission was the butt end of everyone's jokes. There was, there was a lot of disobedience and, oh, and, really? and um, a, for lack of a better term, apostasy w- within the missionaries. Oh, so nice. they, they were trying to keep it be, you know, physically easier for the mission president to be able to keep an eye on all of them. Cause they, you know, there was issues where they had to close down branches Oh wow. yeah. and you know, that happens. And so it's all, it's way better now though. Good. Missionaries are just so much better now than they were 15, 10, 15 yeah, years I ago. knew again, not to like sidetrack. I knew my mission in Brazil, um, the church hadn't actually been there for that long. So I, I was called to serve in Rio de Janeiro I got reassigned to a different mission, um, but there was only four stakes in the entire mission. So it was fairly new and it was about the size of the whole state of California. So you get these missionaries way out on the end that like see the mission president once a year. Exactly. You know, that, it, that, not, was, that was the that, problem. Yeah. It's not even that they, I don't want to say that they do, they're disobedient on purpose. It's just like, they're just kind of like... Out, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. That stuff it, happens. It's exactly. Yeah, I even at the beginning of my mission, it was still like I saw my mission president maybe every six months. You know, when he would do our do our interview for you know every quarter or whatever. Yeah. So it, which didn't really happen. It was like instead of every three months, it was every six months because yeah. he was so busy. But but he uh, my mission president was he he was a retired FBI agent so. Wow. Nothing got past him. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, Dang, absolutely man. nothing. He was awesome. Like he was, he wasn't like when he, when you would meet with him and talk with him, he wasn't like he didn't have peering the, into your soul, yeah. you know, apostles. Type, Some people have type. that. That's a real ability. Yeah. But he, but he, he definitely knew when something was not wasn't right. right. He was, he was, he, he was really tight with Gordon B. Hinckley too. Like. That's cool. So he was older then. Yeah, right? he was older. Okay. Yeah. What was, and that's funny that you bring up mission presence because I have some questions and we've never even gotten to that, but was there like a specific lesson you remember your mission president teaching you that you've held on to or like a, a, I don't know, maybe like a leadership training or something? Um, the, my mission president, he, he, he had like the strongest testimony about just serving missions. He would try to keep mission missionaries on the mission rather than sending them home for this, if you know, for a silly sin, you know, that would normally some mission presidents would send home immediately. He would try to keep those missionaries out and just like keep an eye on them. And if they, you know, obviously if it was bad enough, he would send them home. But, um, but he, he, he was of the mindset that this isn't the best two years. This is the best two years for your life. Mm -hmm. 
And so he, he always emphasized that like, Hey, I love that. you guys are gonna, this is going to be a great experience for you and you're going to learn a lot, but you also have a life after this. So, you know, focus on that too. Not, not, not like in a, in a dead missionary way, but like, you know, do as, do as much as you can now for, yeah. to prepare investing. Right. Awesome. Um, what was it? I had another question. It was a good one too. <laughs> um, are there any places on your mission? So how many areas did you serve in? I served in a lot. I think I served in like seven areas. Oh, wow. I was going to ask in, in like moving area to area, are there any places that maybe you pass by or for some reason that you remembered that were like, every time you pass it, like you, I don't know, you had like a feeling or like an area that was like maybe sacred to you because something happened there. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I've not, nothing that like, that like stuck out specifically. Like obviously when I would have the chance to go back to like my first area, that was always like a, cause we had, you know, we, we baptized quite a few people there and, and, and before it was kind of a dead area. So me and my companion, he trained me, but we also whitewashed the area. Oh, wow. And so, um, that was, that was probably my favorite area, but you know, anytime we'd be in that area, I would always try to like soak it in. Sure. But yeah, I'm sure the members loved you guys too. And that, that's, that's always a big change, at least for me and my mission. Like I had no idea how much how important members would play a role in my life as a missionary. Like not just, totally. not just oh, yeah, having sure. being successful as a missionary, but like being sane and enjoying my mission. Exactly. You're not, it, that was like, that was probably another like cult, cultural thing, like, like a mindset of like, I, I'm sure I'm a missionary, but I live here. You know, this is like my home for two years. I'm not just a missionary here. So it's like, sure. You're just, you're just a missionary there as far as spirituality and you know, what your purpose is, but that doesn't mean you can't make friends with people in the ward and, right. and create relationships. Yeah. I feel like as, as soon as I switched from like, I'm only going to be here for so long to like, this is my home for as long as I'm here. Like it made my mission that much that mean that much more to me because I wanted to make friends with those members. And that's when, again, my, my missionary work just started taking off. So yeah, it does, it was good that you said that. Cause it's like, I think for, for new missionaries, it's kind of like that where they get out there and they're like, Oh, this is so cool. And so fancy what's next. What's the right. next area? Oh yeah. That one's by the beach. And that, can, that, that, that like mindset can also like breed, resentment totally you know, thinking you're better than these people when it's like, no, you're not totally. And, and that's again, so I was an American again in a third world country. I'm sure you had a lot of it too, but at the same time you're like, dude, I'm living in the same house you're living in. Yeah. <laughs> I have to eating the same food. I have to eat the same food. You do. It's not like, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not any better than you are. I am for all intents and purposes. I am one of you just I speak a little bit different. And as soon as I made that, you know, switch, it was just like, this is my home. This yeah. is what I'm here for. Yeah. Was there any, were there any members that maybe played a 
key role for you in like your testimony or maybe you're having a tough time and said something to you or reached out to you or, or even just like you wouldn't, when, there's some members I went to like on Sunday evening when we had nothing to do members, of, you know, just, just have a laugh or like just sit down and take, take a break for a second just to, you know, catch up any. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot <laughs> cause without members there, the, the church wouldn't grow. Um, and especially in Jamaica. So, um, to name one is hard, but I'm trying to think of, well, there was this one, he, I don't think he was there mentally all the way, but he was, he just had like the best attitude. He was always like happy and smiling. He's actually in a wheelchair. Um, his name was, his name was Bob. Bob. Gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Yeah. Bob. That's what his name was. Um, but he, he was a single guy lived by himself. Um, did everything by himself, even though he's in a wheelchair, he lived on like the, the, the steepest, like it wasn't very long, but it was just like super steep, like a 45 degree angle, like 50, like, like how does he get up there with a freaking wheelchair? <laughs> Man, he, strong he arms. would get, yeah, he was like ripped, but he would, you know, go up and down every day. And he would, whenever he would go down, we like, we, we'd go out teaching with him quite often. He would just like go out with us, like tracking. He just loved to. Yeah. He just loved to. So awesome. he, he would, uh, he, you know, he'd go down the hill and always have like the biggest smile on his face. Um, he just had the momentum. And yeah. Dude, he was, he was bobsledded. <laughs> yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> yeah, they do have bobsled nice. too. Um, but yeah, he he would, you know, he would grab, if we were riding our bikes, he would grab like the stems of our, of our seats and like we'd tow, we'd tow them <laughs> from okay, one yeah, stop to the bikes. next. Yeah. We, some areas we had bikes. Some, sometimes it was just too hilly and too hot and humid. So we we're just like, let's just walk. Our area wasn't that big. And mm-hmm. so we just, but you know, it was half and half. Um, but Bob, so Bob was that Bob was, he, he was just, he always had the best attitude. He always knew who we wanted, you know, who, who wanted to learn more and not all of his referrals were, were even remotely interested, interested or, or, or willing to progress, <laughs> but they were all, they all loved him. And so we, you know, we'd at least have good lessons with them and, you know, maybe eventually they would learn more, have more interest, um, because of his example. But, um, but yeah, he, he always, he always brightened up our day if we you know, been rejected too many times that day or, you know, just had a lull where we would, didn't have any specific plans for that day. We'd go out with him and he would, he would take us to some, some people and, you know, places. So and there's always that guy. one person that if you find them, who knows everybody. Exactly. Bob sounds like that Bob kind of guy. Like yeah. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Like you were walking down the street. Hey, so-and-so. Well, that's so-and-so. Yeah. Last yeah, week he, he did this. I don't even think he knew how to read or anything, you know, like that. Like he uh-huh. was just, he, he, he wasn't homeless, but he was probably the next thing closest to it. But he, he was able to get around and do the things he was able to do because he was so sociable and knew everybody and, you know, everybody loved him. So That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There's always, I don't know, like people always talk about the golden investigator like I felt like it's almost just as important to find those golden members. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Some of them don't even really have like the fire. They're just good people and they're good communicators and they can bear their testimony. Like the, the, that old Rasta man that we baptized, um, his sister was a member 
not even in the same area. She probably, I think she only lived in Jamaica part-time, but she just had a great testimony and, you know, and here th this humble guy that had had a hard life and abused drugs and everything because he was a Rasta. He, you know, had no sense of like religion as far as Christianity, but he, you know, he saw her and she referred him to us and, and he got baptized like right away. Wow. Yeah. He, he actually just passed away, but oh, man, probably two years ago. But, um, but yeah, this there's, and there was plenty of people that we baptized that were referrals or part member families that if we did not have a good relationship with the members, they would not have been members, you know, baptized when totally. we were there. So it's, it's always the best to have your, to put your best foot forward when you're meeting the mission, the, the members. Cause if they have, if they don't like you, you they're not going to give you their friends to teach sure. or their family. Yeah. They're I gonna, felt they're not going to trust you. So you have to gain their trust just like you do with the investigators. Yeah, if not I, more. I, I saw that a lot towards the end of my mission with new missionaries coming in when the visa stuff kind of got situated is those who took time to befriend the members just yeah. had such a easier time adapting to the yeah. culture and actually in, started jumping on that skateboard and enjoying their mission, you know, riding it down the hill. Right. Um, whereas those who Bob sledding down, the hill. yeah, Bob sledding down the hill. <laughs> whereas those who, who didn't, it, 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 I mean, they ended up learning. Hey, members are just as important as probably just a little more frustrated. Yeah. Bit. You know, it just took them a little bit longer, but it's like, Hey man, you just, you know, I just remember one area, there was this guy named Max and Max was, again, he was kind of a loony dude, but he just knew everybody. And this elder, I was his zone leader at the time and he was just hating life. But I'm like, look, you got this guy. He loves you. He loves missionary work. He loves the gospel. Yeah. He, he's kind of friendly, but he knows everybody. Just go talk just go teach with him, you know, become friends with him. And it just changed his whole attitude about the area, about his mission. And yeah, it's the same thing. There's always those golden members. Yeah. So speaking about changing your attitude and, and I don't know, your outlook on your mission, were there any times, or I guess like what, what experiences did you have that helped your testimony grow? And I guess what, what areas of your testimony grew the most? Like you're of the atonement or of Jesus Christ as your savior, Joseph Smith, the restoration or um, the, the book of Mormon, obviously, and Joseph Smith, the, the, the whole restoration and the book of Mormon, the emphasis on that, um, you know, cause that's, so that's always something, especially living in Mesa, growing up in Mesa, basically many Utah where it's most people are members and the ones that aren't, you know, know about it. And, um, and so it's, it's not something that like you really uh, can really understand that people have never heard of the Book of Mormon, let alone, you know, uh, churches outside of the mainstream Catholic Protestant sects of religions of, of Christianity. Um, so that, it really hit me. I, I obviously I was, I, I had conversion experiences before my mission, but the MTC learning how to teach the actual restoration was like, okay, this, this really makes sense. This, this is why we have the book of Mormon. This is why we have prophets now. And this is why we have the priesthood 
And I'm, you know, I'm blessed to be able to teach people that have never heard these things and see it affect their lives and, and watch them get, you know, be, be converted. Um, so, you know, losing yourself, just like Christ taught, losing yourself, you, you find yourself. So, yeah, that's a powerful lesson. It's a good one. And especially because I serve my mission in the South and there's, you know, tons of different Christian denominations. So you, you definitely get an appreciation for the apostasy and the reformation, people trying to bring it back, but maybe not having all the pieces and the restoration and the beauty that it is. Um, I've been, I have these the list of questions and we, <laughs> we should do like a lightning round. Lightning. Well, no, like we, we've gone through a lot of them. Um, I guess one of the biggest ones that we haven't really gotten to in the past, I want to get to more is what, let's say your son gets called to Kingston or daughter. My class of daughter. That's okay. I got two of them too. <laughs> It's called a Kingston, Jamaica. Is it, no, is it Jamaica Kingston mission? Jamaica Kingston, Jamaica Kingston mission. What would you tell her? Uh, to be as safe as possible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Whoa, that sounds like some stories in there. Uh, I don't, as an elder, it's, you always just feel, cause you don't know as boys that women get, they get catcalled all the time and mm-hmm. you, we don't, we don't understand what it's like to be a girl. So it's hard for me. Right. Exactly. So it's, they, the it's, girls yell at you all day because yeah. you're white. That's true. I guess I, I was going to say same thing. We same thing happened. I, but <laughs> for men, it's like, it's more flattering women. It's like, okay, am I going to get, you yeah. know, if I'm going to get kidnapped here or what, you know, should yeah. I, whatever. But, um, yeah, as far as physically be safe, um, always be worthy of the spirit. Um, but that's spiritu- the best advice you could ever give spiritually. Um, just don't take yourself too seriously and think better of yourself than others and really humble yourself and con- don't just obey the, the mission rules, but understand why you do and be consecrated. Um, be, you know, cause a lot of missionaries, they, you know, go by the rule book. They're just going day to day, but they're not really, they don't really understand why they're doing it or who they're doing it for. Or they get frustrated. They get frustrated. They're like, okay, I'm being so obedient, but I'm not having baptisms. Or even if they are having baptisms, they don't understand what, what blessing that is to them and to the investigate, you know, to everyone. Um, but really to, if, if my daughter got called there, that's those, those are the things just, don't, don't get caught up in the, in the, uh, menial things and always think of the big picture. And any, uh, mission prep advice you would tell her or yourself before to like things you might've done differently or things I might've done differently. Um, I, I did have, I did fall short in like being like, oh man, these people are so like, they come up with the dumbest excuses or, you know, so lazy. It's easy to think it's easy to be like, man, they're just going to say no. So why would I even teach them? Or why would I even invite them to church or invite them to get baptized? They're just going to, they're going to make empty promises. And, but obviously you you have to, you have to be optimistic. And so, yeah, until this, this is yours, but until you like learn to love the people on your mission, 
like Zach was saying, like you won't be on the fun skateboard because missions are fun. Like, yeah, they're exciting. You yeah, have I, I, I don't, you just yeah. smile every day. Like you just think about it. Like oh yeah, that it's, one time. And <laughs> honestly, like the the way the way I would teach my daughter or somebody going to the same mission or a mission in general um, is like it's hard, but it's not that hard. Like you don't have to worry about paying rent. You don't have to worry about you know getting straight A's in school. You only have to worry about yourself and teaching people that want to hear the gospel. Totally. I really like what you said earlier about your mission president, where he said these two years are the best two years for your life, not of your life. And I think that's kind of what you're, you're summing up is basically it's good. Yeah. You know, even if you go through your whole mission and don't baptize anyone. Yeah. I mean, you learn so much from it. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any final stories or defining moments or um the main thing the the biggest like impact like the biggest result of my actions that has impacted my life on from my mission today that still impacts me is the thought that i helped someone get baptized that also served a mission and they're teaching people that are going to get baptized and they're teaching people that are going to get baptized. You have to just like in the temple, when you look in those mirrors and it goes, you know, eternally both ways, it's the same thing with missionary work. It's you're teaching someone that's going to stay in the church and, and they're going to also bring people unto Christ. So the impact, if I hadn't been obedient the day that I met that person, or if I, if I had been lazy or if I, you know, whatever found an excuse not to go visit this referral because I was like, you know, I don't know the, I mean, you know, the person that referred me to them, why would I go see them? Like just follow the spirit and be, be effective. And, and those little things can, can change your life. Yeah. And the way, the way, and the way you see people. That was good. Eternal impact. It's powerful. Well, elder rush, Former Elder Rush, now now Ward Mission Leader, um, continuing the work. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah no man, problem. that was good. Thanks for inviting me. I, if I, I ever my go to first Jamaica, podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, listeners, last time I said viewers, but <laughs> I felt kind of L- dumb. Listener, <laughs> thanks for coming along, and uh, feel free to like and subscribe and <laughs> look up our website. Our yep. website's not even on. We're 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 still it's working coming. some kinks, but um, no. Any and like word of mouth is huge. Like if we've left a positive impact, let us know. Send us an email of things we can improve on. Because again, our our like the biggest thing is we want to have a high quality podcast that delivers goodness so help us out but again thank you for coming on right on talk to you guys later